0: and ask God's favor Isaiah chapter 40 if you want to turn there Abba Father I want to thank you for uh, everyone that's here this morning all according to your perfect timing and I'm asking for your presence to be known Uh, I commit to you I commit to your word and I know the hearts of these people they're amazing people I ask this morning Lord driving over here that that people would un- know you, undeniably know that you are real and that you are deeply at work in their lives. Today, would you allow them to see that, please? I'm asking for your grace and your wisdom right now. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. It's about 712 B.C. in Israel. Things have gone really well for the nation. They're moving into decline. Uh, compromises and compromises have been layering up, small ones to big ones. There's an army, not a nation not far from Israel called Assyria. They are gaining power. In fact, on the national scene, they're becoming quite a threat, right? It's about 712 BC and this dude named Isaiah writes chapter 40, okay? He warns of a coming nation. He warns of a nation called Babylon that they're going to come. Now Babylon finally came and they, they literally conquered Jerusalem. They, there was destruction. They took the, the prized people of the nation, the smart, the young, the strong, the good-looking, the skilled, and they leave behind the old, the feeble The sick and those that really could not bring much benefit to the Babylonian nature, nation, and their culture, and he warns it's coming. That came in five eighty six. So about seven twelve, he writes these words. Uh, If you'll notice in in your Bible, the way it's formatted, they're actually lyrics to a song.
1: We sometimes don't
0: think of Isaiah 40 as being lyrics to a song, but they are. I want you to appreciate this. Verse 12, Isaiah 40, verse 12. He's asking a question, and he's he's talking about God. He's trying to describe him. And he said, who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand? Anybody, anybody here know how much of the surface of the earth is covered in water? I'll just go 3%. Yes, yes. And some argue that Stephon Gilmore for the Patriots covers the rest of that. Okay, boy, we are going to loosen up this morning, people. Thank you, Joe Summit. He marked off the heavens by the span, like the span of his hand. Mark it and calculated the dust of the earth by the measure and weighed the mountains in the balance and the hills in a pair of scales. How big is your God? How big is your God? A neutrino is considered to be one of the smallest known things that man is aware of. And roughly 40 million are passing through your fingernail in a second. That's a so small they are. There's a planet so big. You could put thousands and thousands and thousands of earths inside this planet. How big is your God? Who has directed the spirit of the Lord or who is his who count- does God go to see somebody for therapy? Does God have a therapist? With whom did he consult? And who gave him understanding? Who helped him figure it out? You know, who did some psychiatric intervention for God? Behold, the nations are like a drop in a bucket. Can you imagine? God is so big, he can measure the oceans in the span of his hand. He can weigh the mountains in a scale. He's so big. And nations... The United States of America is like a drop in a bucket. Anybody here going bonkers with the impeachment mess? Wow. Wow, what a mess. If you don't like somebody, just impeach them. Who needs a constitution? It's crazy what's going on with our nation. But we get upset about what's going on. We get helpless about our nation. And yet God looks at a nation and it's like, You're like a drop in a bucket. And are regarded as a speck of dust on the scales? By comparison, God is so big, the United States of America is like a speck of dust. Or China is like a speck of dust. Or Russia. Or Iran. Iran is a major threat to the U.S. right now. Behold, he lifts up the island's Like fine dust, even Lebanon is not enough to burn, nor its beast enough for a burnt offering. All the nations are as nothing before him. They're regarded by him as less than nothing and meaningless. Again, I want to ask you just how big is your God? Or maybe here's, can I ask it this way? How big is your Satan? How big is the enemy? Sometimes we Christians, uh, Bill, we lose perspective. And we got the idea that it's like a boxing match and you've got God at 200 pounds in the corner with, a, you know, like a 52-inch reach. But then in the other corner is Satan, you know, at 199 and a half pounds with a 451 and a quarter-inch reach. Like Satan is just slightly, slightly smaller than God and there's this epic battle and somehow God gets a lucky punch in at the end or something like that. It's like we, 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 we have these almost this Asian mystery religion, this yin and yang thing, this positive and negative force, and God's big, but Satan's just slightly below him. No, 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 no. How big is your God? How big is he? Is he enough to put faith in? All the nations are as nothing before him. Look at verse 18. To whom then will you liken God? or what likeness will you compare with him? Watch what Israel is doing. Verse 19. As for the idol, a craftsman casts it, a goldsmith plates it with gold, and a silversmith fashions chains of silver. He who is too impoverished for such an offering, he selects a tree that does not rot like cypress. And, and seeks out for himself a skillful craftsman to prepare an idol that will not totter. Have you ever found yourself struggling with idols? The, the little stuff that you're addicted to that you struggle with, and, and it's interesting that you're trying to find one that won't totter, you know? I kind of think uh, regarding, regarding psychology that our human efforts to find idols that don't totter is really kind of an image of ourselves. It's, it's called mirroring. You just flip it and put it back on ourselves. We get addicted to all kinds of stuff. We get addicted to things that, that will help us not totter because for us, there's so much in life that's kind of knocking us off balance. And we think we're going to lose it or we're going to collapse. And so much of what we deal with inside, stuff nobody knows about. We are tottering and we are reeling from this stuff and we are trying to find hope and we're trying to find balance. And it is so hard. I think it's a mirror image. We just flip it around. The guy in Israel who's trying to trying to worship a stick of wood or a rock or a piece of gold in the name of some foreign pagan god, doesn't understand how that exposes instability in his own life and how much he needs God, the big God, the God who's so big, the nations are like a speck of dust. That's how big he is. Uh, There's a guy named Kevin Carden. And I want to show you a couple pictures of maybe what an idol might look like in our culture today, maybe. Just something like that. I thought that might get at something. If you get a chance, look at some of the the photography, the work of Kevin Carden. It's amazing. I thought this one was kind of getting at some stuff too. Well, we, we, we are reaching for stuff, you know? What? And I'm not particularly picking on an iPhone. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter. what We can make an idol of just about anything. We can do that. Speaking of an iPhone, there you go. So. <laughs> um, man, we need those things. They're tools. They're tools. Isn't it interesting? The very thing that we think we need The very thing that's important to us. And kind of, you know, hey, yeah, I can justify that one. Yeah. And before you know it, we got chained so deep into that thing, we can't get away. We just can't get away. We miss some things sometimes. Verse 21. Do you not know? Have you not heard? Has it not been declared to you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundation of the earth that it is he who sits above the circle of the earth and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers? He stretches out the heavens like a curtain and spreads them out like a tent to dwell in. It is he who reduces rulers to nothing, who makes the judges of the earth meaningless. Scarcely have they been planted. Scarcely have they been sown. Scarcely has their stock taken root in the earth. But he merely blows on them and they wither and the storm carries away the rubble. How big is your God? How big is your God? The God that you put faith in? Is it possible that Maybe we're doing some mirroring with God and we take our own insecurities and we kinda project that onto the God that we kinda make it our image. And so God's a bit like us. He's, he's a feeble old man or a feeble old woman. And he, and he's busy. He's like really busy. And he's small and you can send a few requests his way and Maybe he'll get to you. How big is your God? Verse 27. Why do you say, O Jacob, and assert, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord and the justice do me escapes the notice of my God? Verse 27. How big is your God? How big is he? Do you think your way is hidden? By the way, can we do something right now? Let's change gears. Let's get away from you thinking you can hide your sin from God. Let's let's sidestep that. That's not what this is talking about. This isn't about you trying to keep your sins a secret. It's not about that. Check this out. Why do you say, O Jacob, in a circle of Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord and the justice"? do me, escape the notice of my God. You know what's going on? When Israel's government got corrupt, and it was, by 712 B.C., poor people were being taken advantage of. The weak and the broken were being exploited, and they were crying out, saying, is there not anybody here to give me justice? Is there not someone that will pay attention to me? Is there not anybody who cares about my needs? That's what Isaiah is saying. He's talking about those who are weak and beaten down and life is not fair. And he says, Jacob, Israel, do you think your way is hidden so that God cannot see? And the justice do you escapes the notice of God? Do you not know? Have you not heard? Can you get off your iPhone for just a minute? and pay attention to this big God. The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, does not become weary or tired like you do when life beats you up. His understanding is inscrutable and he gives strength to the weary and to him who lacks might He increases power. (laughs) Though youths grow weary and tired, and vigorous young men stumble badly, yet those who wait for the big God, the one who can measure the oceans in his hand, the one that can take the heavens and spread them out like a curtain. And behold, the sky that you look at at night. Those who wait on the big God, the Lord, will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weary because they awake. On the big God. If you want to, I want you to turn to Psalm 33. Just want to make a brief comment from Psalm 33. Psalm 33, verse 18. Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him, on those who hope in his loving kindness to deliver their soul from death and to keep them alive in famine. Our soul waits for the big God, Yahweh, the Lord. He is our help and our shield. Our heart rejoices in him because we trust in his holy name, the name of almighty God. And then there's something that's really wise. And I want you to please get verse 22. Let your loving kindness, O Lord, be upon us according as we have hoped in you. There's something going on there. Let your loving kindness be made real to me, but it's going to somehow be in proportion to how I hope in you. You get that, Edie? If your God is small and you don't put a lot of hope in your God, what do you think the fruit of that's going to be? Not much. But if you put your hope in a big God, the God, the creator of heaven and earth. And you trust in his unfailing love, loving kindness. In Hebrew, break, chesed. You remember that, don't you? In Hebrew class. Chesed. The unfailing love of God. Let that be upon you. Let it be poured over on you in proportion or in according to the way you hope in him. If your God is tiny and outweighs Satan by about a half pound, like he's some equal force, or or worse yet, your God is in a very twisted way made in your image. Number one, it's going to be really hard for you to love him. And number two, it's going to really be hard for you to put hope in him. But when your God is big, if you think 40 million neutrinos can pass through your fingernail in a second, and you think of these planets that would swallow hundreds of thousands of Earths, even that great planet is a speck of dust to the mighty God. He's big people. So faith looks something kind of like this. Keep on running, man. Just keep moving. Whether you have got to walk, whether you got to run, whether you think you can fly, or like me, sometimes crawl. <laughs> Just crawl. I remember when I when I did Tough Mudder with my daughter Rebecca, like a half marathon with with very mean mean things. I think sick military people invent called obstacles or something like that. The the electrocutions one were the worst. Um, I, I told a soldier that I, that I was running with, I said, when I'm done with this, I'm going to do 50 push-ups, and I dare you to do it. And he's like, because he looked at me like, you know, you're whatever. And uh, I did it, too. But I got, I got to, I was embarrassed. We, we ran through this last obstacle, and had all these wires running down like spaghetti noodles. I'm telling you, there was no way around them. Have you been there? There's stuff, there's no way because if you crawl, they were lo- there is dangling that part of the ground. You can't crawl and there. there's guys sitting in there. Like what eh, you know. And then you realize you gotta run. Well I got hit so hard I was unconscious and was on my face, never knew what happened. To me. Some big dude, he gets knocked unconscious, comes down on me. I thought he broke my right thumb, and I crawled out. I was almost at the end, got punched a few more times in the back by the wire, but I got out, and I said hoo-ah, and I dropped and did 50 push-ups, and you know, so much for the army guy, I did it, but I want you to know that I crawled out, I crawled, sometimes life will knock you down, and it hurts real bad. And then other people are getting knocked out and falling on top of you, it gets worse. There's layers sometimes to our junk. But I'm telling you, hope looks something like crawling. It looks something like walking. It looks something like running. It looks like this. Don't quit. Don't quit on your big, big God. Now you are the gifted body of Christ. Own this thing. Own Isaiah chapter 40. How would you encourage a church? Because some of you here this morning, I know you're crawling. I know you are. (laughs) You're crawling. Some of you are running like you're these finely tuned long distance running machines. You're covered in slow twitch muscle, and a half marathon ain't nothing for you. Man, you're just cruising. You're good. Some are crawling, some are struggling. How would you own this thing and how would you say to a church with people in the full spectrum how to maintain hope when they think the justice they deserved is being ignored? You're the body of Christ. What would you say? I I think it's very important that Remember that we don't have to do this alone. Yeah. That we can turn to other people for their wisdom, for their advice or their opinion, if nothing else. <coughs> yeah, and be not afraid to do that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Certainly true. For me, and I suspect everybody else here, we need help. Yeah. And yeah. acknowledge that. Yeah. It's good too. of the other people's wisdom that are surrounding Yeah. Yeah. I was with a soldier. Uh, thank you, Tom. I was with a soldier. He's Green Beret, and I, I said to him, I said, Bill, what's one of the most dangerous things for a soldier? And he said, it's easy to lose sight of the mission. That's when it, that's when things get dangerous for a soldier. When you forget what you're here for. Yeah. Talk. You're not the first one to run. Someone's, someone's run the path ahead Say of that you. again. What? You're not the first one to run. Really? Wow.
1: Someone has run ahead of you. Someone has, has laid a path for you. Um, there's people who've done it before, whether the right way or the wrong way. Yeah. And they can tell you, they can
0: be precise. Isolation's pretty dangerous, huh? When you think you're all alone and running. Pretty dangerous. Can anybody here uh, make up excuses when you're alone? Someone else own this thing.
1: Yeah and love on others. And yeah. I just stopped and when after I said that it's kind of a little wake up for her and I just yeah. stopped and said, you know, I don't want to give you a hug. Yeah. And I just thought, you know, this lady's talked about being so alone. she's probably hadn't had a human touch in a long time. Yeah. So. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's so good. We need each other, don't we? I think you've heard that a few times. Yep. Yeah. Someone else, how do we this the difference it can make?
1: Stronger together.
0: Yes, yes, real Yes. and it's super important. Someone else.
1: Who? You woke up today. It means <laughs> you're not done. <laughs> so, you can, you can sit and cry and be upset about the world and how much it hurts, but he woke you up today. That means he's not done with you. So, we just try to take that in. If somebody else wasn't so lucky. Mm.
0: what did you tell me the other day you woke up today now do 40 push ups you, you woke up do some push-ups. What? what's <laughs> the deal <laughs> 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 don't make this hard you woke up to some so. exactly exactly yeah. someone else I think we try to put God in our environment Instead of us going in God's environment, yes. And when we put him in our environment, it's not going to work. If we
1: go in his environment, we can see how big God is. Yeah. Our society doesn't encourage that. No,
0: no. Not at all, Bill. Not at all. Yeah. Perspective changes everything, doesn't it? when you see the lay of the land. When you see where you are. Yeah. So l- let me wrap it up and I'm going to turn it over to Stephen um, regarding perspective. You know, we, um, we, we, make, we make the mistake of projecting ourselves onto God and God gets kind of like us. And he's busy and he's frustrated and he's stressed out and he might get to your order, please pick a number. We kind of do that sometimes. It's hard to get an accurate perspective of who God is. So God did something phenomenal, okay, to help us understand God. He gave us Jesus. So this, there was this kid in the youth group named Philip. It's a great guy. And he said, okay, I got one final question. Just show us the father and it's enough. Okay, we're done with all the youth group stuff. All the questions, just show us the father because we really need to see him. Is he so big that, that he's beyond us? And so forget it, you know, turn your face and hide. Or if you're just like that, That we can, we can be smacking Bulba gum to the altar and say, what's up, God? Hey, it's me, hey, how you doing? Yo, ba, what's up? Which one is it? And Jesus says, Philip, I've been with you this long and you still don't get this? Don't you realize? That if you've seen me, you've seen the Father? So, guess what? God, you ready? Buckle up on this one. God is not like a dysfunctional parent that you have known. God's not a dysfunctional parent, okay? He's the creator of the heavens and the earth. But He's not so big and so beyond you that He doesn't care. In fact, Jesus said this about His Father. He knows when a sparrow falls to the ground. He knows the number of hair on your head. He knows that you have needs. In fact, when you pray, he already knows what you're going to say. He is that attuned to you. You can go running to your God through Jesus. You can go running to the big big God through Jesus. Mm. I'm going to pray for you. Abba Father, for the one here whose faith, they're like a, a, a finely tuned athlete disciplined and they're just enjoying the stride of faith. Thank you for them. The one that's crawling across the line. Thank you for them. And all of us in the middle, help us to see you for who you really are. You're so big, it's beyond us, and yet you're so near. The psalmist said, Your, your nearness is our good. You make sense out of our lives. And it is in your son, Jesus, that we have relationship to you. Abba, Father, pray that if there's anybody here that does not know you as Lord, they've never put their faith in you, Jesus, and what you accomplished on the cross, a death that pays the penalty for us, that they would do that today. They would repent. They would turn from their ways against you and seeking out idols and trying to find a stabilized life, through all kinds of addictions, they would turn to you instead. They would repent. They would be baptized. They would receive the Holy Spirit. They would follow you. Abba, Father, thank you that you are so big and yet you care and that your loving kindness can be poured all over us, but you're asking us to have faith. Please stir faith within us now. And thank you for hope. In Jesus' name, amen.